So many things have come and gone since then. And yet as I look at this poem that was written in 1926 by Dr. James Allen Francis, one thing stands out to me. Well, a number of things stand out to me. One is the line, and today that Jesus is the central figure of the human race. The sad reality is that can be challenged. Where things have gone, where things have progressed, how things have transpired, how different philosophies have begun to move and invade and take hold, it could be debated. In the song, O Holy Night, the line that I chose for the message, a weary world rejoices. Been a long Christmas season, hasn't it? I'm sure like many of you, I was not the only one out there driving and being greeted by a mass of traffic and people in stores who were trying their best to demonstrate Christmas spirit, although I'm not sure which Christmas spirit it was. But we were all looking to get to the place where we could begin to have those celebrations that we cherish and look back on as memories. But one thing I noticed as I was out and about today, I saw a lot of people who looked tired. There's a remedy for tired. It's called sleep. I know many of us don't take the remedy, but there's a remedy for tired called sleep. But I also saw as I traveled around today something that cannot be remedied by sleep, and that's weariness. That's something different. As Jesus came into Bethlehem on that first Christmas morning, or that first Christmas day, it was at night, and the angels began to proclaim the good news. In looking at the song that was written, they were a weary world. A world that was under Roman occupation, a world that was far from anything that would allow them to truly express what they believed was their commitment to God. And they had been in that state for decades. And then good news came. How many here like good news? I'm going to assume even those of you who didn't raise your hands that you really do like good news. (laughs) And we in this day can be very tired from all the activities it seems we're doing more and more. I've come to realize that as I get older and I have friends of mine who are older than I and they enter this magical, mythical thing called retirement. And I look at their lives and I ask them, are you cutting back? Are you relaxing? And they all tell me the same thing. I am more tired than ever before. I don't understand then the use of the word retire. But it's one thing to be subject to fatigue and physically be in a place of low energy that can be remedied. 
but weariness. Weariness deep within the soul. This holiday season, this month of December, for me personally, has had me lose three close friends who were also ministers. And someone in our church lost a parent in this just a few weeks ago. And that can create tremendous emotion and that can create tremendous grief and it can lead into weariness. But the hymn writer said that because of the birth of Jesus, because of the good news he brings, because of what he's going to put in place, a weary world can rejoice. No matter what you're going through today, no matter what you're experiencing, and no matter how deep and real it is, and I want to be sensitive and give honor to it, you can rejoice today because a baby was born on your behalf. You see, we had a problem. And it was an us problem. It was an our problem. And that problem was sin. We had a problem that we couldn't take care of. So on Christmas Day, what we celebrate as Christmas Day, God provided the, the initiation for a solution to our problem. And that was a savior. For also in the words of the song, O Holy Night, long lay the world in sin and error pining. Now, the original song was written in French and then it was translated into uh, the, the King's English spoken in Great Britain. So that word pining literally means simply, long lay the world in sin wasting away. And that's the truth. A thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I'm going to have to find the actual words in French because I'd like to know what word got translated from French into yonder. <laughs> I, don't, I can't imagine a French word that would go that way, but I'm just that kind of curious. So many people come together at the holiday season. They gather with friends, and the expectation or what they need family gatherings and holiday gatherings to provide is enormous. So many people come together, and we need to have our family get-togethers, especially at Christmas time, to provide a sense of hope, to, to, to give us a sense of strength, to give us a sense that there is good in the world, to give us a sense that love is real, to give us a sense that what's going on in this world, which is just short of crazy, although maybe not so short, can be overcome. That's a lot to expect from a family dinner, no matter what time of year it is. Yet it's not a lot to expect from the reason we gather, and that reason is Jesus. That reason is a Savior. On Christmas Day, the year zero, 
God said, I've got a plan and put it into motion. And that plan had your name on it. It had your life on it. It had all your disappointments on it. It had every failure, every shortcoming. And God was saying, I have an answer. And it's my son, Jesus. We tend to look at Christmas time as a, a, a season of, of joy, a season for children, a season of giving. And my, those from my church that attend here regularly know that for the most part, my perspective on how many people in our culture treat Christmas, that it's not a, a season of giving, it's a season of exchanging. The proof of that is, as my church can tell you, because I've mentioned it many times, is go to a holiday party or a Christmas party and bring a gift for somebody who you didn't plan to exchange gifts with. Or have someone come and give you a gift when they didn't tell you they were going to give you a gift. And the first words out of our mouth, but I didn't bring anything for you. And my point there is, why does that matter? Why would that even matter? The words we need to embrace in those situations. And I want you to practice them with me right now. And I assure you, nothing physiologically will go wrong if you say these two words. Thank you. Everybody here still breathing. Good. And when we look deeper beyond our family gatherings and beyond our family get-togethers and look at the reason for the season as the phrase has been coined and we look at Christmas and the gift we were given, one we could not repay, one we could not exchange, one we could not provide anything of value in return that would be even close to equating. It's in that reality that we need to simply say, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Lord God, thank you. Because I was lost, and now there's a way out. There is a hope for me. I know when we go through those seasons of weariness, those seasons of grief or pain, that they can truly grab hold. And it can seem almost counterproductive and even offensive to allow joy to be experienced. So many people put value, and there's an effort there and some type of proper context there, on in those moments what the person needs is more love or more kindness or a whole host of things are mentioned. But the Bible is clear. It is not the love of the Lord that's my strength. It's not the kindness of the Lord that's my strength. It's the joy the joy of the Lord. And that's what we can experience at Christmas time. That's what we can experience when we gather. 
That's what we can have when we truly understand the story behind so many of our well-known Christmas songs. A thrill of hope brought to a weary world. As I bring this to a close, and I did go over five minutes. It's too easy for us to look at many of the blessings and many of the impact and much of the joy that we get as Christians in a tremendously global and corporate context. Yes, Jesus brought joy to the world. Yes, Jesus brought love and forgiveness to the world. Yes, Jesus brought this, and we globalize it. We make it a large context. We need to make it personal. Jesus brought joy to me. He brought joy to you. He brought love and forgiveness to me. He brings them to you. A thrill of hope. Not just a measure of hope. Not just some amount of hope but a thrill of hope. What are you meaning by a thrill of hope, Pastor? Remember when we were kids and we saw the presents under the tree on Christmas morning that mom and dad had taken so much time and so much care to delicately and perfectly wrap. All the corners and the edges were perfect. And we opened those gifts with such honor such respect for the effort that, w- that they put into wrapping those gifts. No, we didn't. We tore into things. It was paper everywhere. I remember one Christmas many years ago, thinking about it now, my mom used to use many different types of wrapping paper for our gifts. And I'm not really sure why. I guess she liked the variety. But then I remember her saying once she also liked that she would wrap for me and my two brothers. We'd all get the same type of wrapping so that she could tell whose gifts were whose by just where the paper was. But we were three boys, so we didn't delicately open anything. So the following Christmas, we were all given beautifully wrapped red boxes. Because what mattered is not the wrapping. It was what was inside. And the love it was given with. Think of how much God loves you. He wrapped your gift in swaddling clothes and laid it in a manger. He sent his son so that Not just a weary world could rejoice, so your weary world could rejoice. You, all that you're going through, all that you're experiencing, so you could rejoice. But pastor, if we sat down and I told you what's going on in my life, you'd understand that there are things going on that really don't support rejoicing. And that's probably true for all of us. But I know one thing in your life that does support rejoicing. A Savior has come, Christ the Lord. And he has come to bring salvation to you.
if this were a Peanuts cartoon, this would be where I would say this is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. So wherever you are tonight, whatever you're going through, whatever brought you here tonight, whether it was the fact that it was Christmas Eve, whether it was the fact that you came to hear my illuminating oratory, or the reality is you came to hear these amazing three kids. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, a Savior was born, bless you, so that you could rejoice. You could rejoice. And it could be a joy that's real, even in the midst of sorrow. Stand with me, please.